Welcome to Take a Walk with an Exec, the exclusive EMS podcast. Your opportunity to step away from the screen and get outside for a little audio learning on the go. Listen in as industry executives reveal what's on their minds, what's in their playbooks, and how they're planning to take on the challenges that lie ahead. And now, your host, Rachel Boucher. All right. Welcome back, listeners. It's Rachel Boucher here with another episode of Take a Walk with an Exec. I'm so pleased to have on the podcast today, Stephen Cardwell, Vice President of Program Marketing at HBO. His team speaks the language of fandoms and the creative continues to raise the bar for the entire industry. And we'll dig into that process in a little bit. Hey, Stephen. Hey, Rachel. How are you? Good. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me. All right, so let's start by giving our listeners um, a little energy boost, if you will. Uh, music, books, people that are inspiring you lately. Music, books, people. You know, there's a lot, I think, of inspiration to be found right now. And I recently discovered um, a radio, I want to say it's an app, but it's it's kind of a service called NTS Radio, which is a listener-supported global station based out of the UK, uh, we recently did a partnership with them for our series, We Are Who We Are, which is the new series from Luca Guadagnino. And I have just spent all day, every day diving into this platform and just learning about music from really all over the world. And it, it's really kind of opened my ears. Um, you know, there's a, there's a place where you can just select different genres and so much that I didn't even know existed, you know, from Bossa Nova in Brazil, to Cumbia in Colombia even just like really obscure things like Italian boogie and Turkish disco and, you know, just putting that on and working through the day is pretty transportive and especially at a time when we can't travel around the world. So sometimes it's just nice to close your eyes and transport yourself, even if it's just for a moment. Mm. We were just talking about, you know, all the, all the video and uh, sort of, you know, things that we're seeing with our eyes lately through the screen. It's kind of nice to uh, listen with your ears, right? Totally. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. So years ago, we published a column called um, I Knew I Was an Experiential Marketer When. So I'm going to ask you, when did you know? You know, I don't know if there was like one single moment. You know, I think the beauty of working in television is that, you know, we have the opportunity to work with some of the most talented artists um, who really are skilled at building worlds. So a lot of, you know, when we think about experiential um, in terms of marketing, you know, what we have the pleasure of doing is be able to take shows like Game of Thrones, take shows like Westworld, and figure out ways that we can immerse fans into those worlds. So I think the first time we really set out to do something um, was at South by Southwest several years ago, um, which, as we know, has turned into quite an experiential playground. You know, there's been a lot of people that say, hey, Southwest is, South by Southwest is dead, like, you know, it's just a bunch of brands and we always kind of joked it felt a little like brand soup. Mm. So there was kind of this desire to, to do something different, to break above, you know, the clutter. And it just kind of seemed like the perfect timing to, to do something like promoting season two of Westworld. Um, and for those of you who aren't familiar, we rebuilt the town of Sweetwater, which is at the center of Westworld um, and literally transported attendees um, out to a, um, a ghost town we actually found 
outside of Austin, Texas, um, that we kind of raised and rebuilt. Um, but I, I don't think that any of us really anticipated what was going to happen. Um, and, you know, quite frankly, looking back on it several years later, it's still hard to really say what actually happened. I think um, it, it was shocking to see what marketing could do um, and just the, the amount of attention something like this got. I think everyone, you know, including the people I had to convince to write the check, thought we were absolutely crazy. You know, we wondered, would anyone actually come? Um, but, you know, when we got there, <laughs> just just seeing the amount of people on the ground, just kind of losing themselves in this experience was, I think, a moment of reckoning. And we always joke that in marketing, we spend so much time and energy trying to get eyeballs to watch an ad for eight seconds. But, you know, we had people in line for eight hours trying to get into this uh, activation. So I guess after seeing that line, you could say, I, I really realized what awesome power experiential marketing has and how important it is to, to the media mix. And let, let's talk about your career path into events. You know, we always say that no two paths are the same. So um, tell us about yours. Sure. So I've always been passionate and obsessed with entertainment. I started early in my career working for, um, a film, TV, Broadway producer. Um, and it was really a crash course in everything from development to production, to publicity, to marketing. Um, he was such a hands-on producer that I got really a front row seat and to see how a movie gets produced, how a Broadway show gets launched. Um, and it was really there that I got interested in marketing. Um, and I had the opportunity to work on campaigns like The Social Network and Moneyball, True Grit, um, several of Wes Anderson's films, which, you know, all of these are very rich in story and, um, um, you know, just there's so much for marketing to play in terms of a role for marketing to play in terms of bringing these stories to audiences. Um, but um, Scott, the, the producer I worked for, he, he's also very prolific on Broadway. So when the Book of Mormon came to town. Uh, he essentially offered me the opportunity to be the marketing director. And I think I was probably 25 years old. So suffice to say, I really didn't know much, really anything about uh, bringing a musical to Broadway, but that was just kind of the producer he was. And it was one of those sink or swim moments that I had to learn everything I could really in a really short period of time. Um, so I would say those were probably the most difficult, but also formidable years of my career. Um, later on, I moved to IFC Films, where I oversaw marketing campaigns for, I think, probably 30, 30 or so films over a couple of year period. Um, kind of most notably was Richard Linklater's Boyhood. Um, and, you know, I think when the opportunity came to work at HBO, having been such a fan of its programming, um, you know, growing up with it, um, I just had to leap at the opportunity. Mm. You know, we talk a lot about how, um, you know, and it's starting to change a little bit, but there's no, you know, real degree or pathway into like experiential marketing, you know? So when you think about your way in and we think about the next generation of experiential marketers, you know, how do you think we can foster talent and help people discover you know, the opportunities in this industry? 
You know, I, I think one thing we've learned more than anything is how important experiences are to people. Um, experiences are ways that we, or shared experiences are ways that we almost demonstrate our tribes, right? Like you going to Coachella, you going to Burning Man, you being at South by Southwest, seeing a concert. All of this is a ways that we communicate who we are. Um, and I think if anything we've seen throughout, um, you know, certainly our experiences, but also the data playing out with, with kind of Gen Z and, and millennials is that we value experiences. They are, um, they are more important to us than things. And I don't think that that's going away. And I think, you know, while experiences have changed um, over the last six to eight months, I think our desire for them remains, you know, if not more than, than before. So I think um, in terms of thinking about the next generation, I think they're the ones that can speak most authentically to, you know, what is it that they want to experience? Um, and I think I have such a privilege of working with an incredible diverse team that um, is always bringing different ideas, different ways of thinking about things, um, you know, how we intersect, um, you know, technology into experiences, how we bring, um, how we scale experiences. Uh, I think, you know, what's, what's exciting about this time right now is, you know, experiential is definitely in a boom. Um, and I think this is kind of forced us to reckon with a lot of the, the metrics and things that, um, you know, we might have not really been thinking about. And I think this is pushing us in a direction um, that was probably inevitable, but um, it's certainly now required. And, I, and I'm talking specifically about things like, you know, how can we use, um, you know, the ARs, VRs, um, different types of personalization um, to help bring people into an experience that might not be there physically, um, how can we make experiences more participatory? How can we, um, I think just broaden the definition of like what an event is. Um, so I, I think, you know, really it's the next generation that holds the key to figuring that out. And, you know, I'm just so lucky to have a team that is, is really thinking about this. You know, and speaking of your team, so we talked about Westworld at South by Southwest. Um, among some of the programs HBO has uh, executed, uh, you've sent fans on missions across the globe for the throne, um, enticed Game of Thrones fans to give blood uh, with a partnership with the American Red Cross and bleed for the throne, um, hosted a Westworld dinner at CES where you mine data on attendees and personalize the entire experience from the menu to the interactions with staff. Let's talk about the creative process and how does your team come up with its best ideas? And you don't have to give us your secret sauce or anything, but. <laughs> well, you know, I think, I think there's not a lot of secret to this, um, you know, before kind of activation, we really ask ourselves a seemingly obvious question. It's like, why are we showing up? Um, you know, are we here to service fans? Are we driving awareness to bring in new viewers? Are we promoting conversation and dialogue? Are we giving back to a community? But I think the challenge always remains the same across everything we do, and that's being 100% authentic and, and speaking in the voice of our shows um, and just kind of the HBO brand. Um, 
I, I think we, the moment we're not, or the moment we overlook one detail, um, the entire experience or activation falls completely flat. I mean, you can't fool a diehard Game of Thrones fan and put them in something that doesn't make sense narratively. Um, they're going to call it out right away. So, you know, because we have such dedicated fans, um, you know, we, we have to work so closely with our show's writers, producers, and creators to make sure that we're really doing the best work that's reflective of their shows. Um, so to us, really metrics of success can change from campaign to campaign. Um, you know, with South by Southwest World, it was about capturing the imaginations of an entire conference. Um, it was kind of like inspiring that you just had to be there FOMO status. Um, you know, for the Super Bowl, we partnered with um, Budweiser um, as part of our For the Throne campaign and um, essentially had Budweiser sacrifice the Bud Knight at the hands um, <laughs> of, our, of our dragon. Um, you know, and that was really about subverting viewers' expectations by surprising and delighting them with what would be a true Game of Thrones um, ending. Uh, and then Bleed for the Throne, which you mentioned, you know, it wasn't about social impressions. That was really about harnessing the amazing community of fans to band together and really save some lives. Mm, excellent. So, you know, this has been a tough time for a lot of, um, you know, experiential teams, you know, used to getting out there and excited about planning. And so um, given that we're what we're dealing with with the pandemic, you know, how has your team kind of stayed energized and open? You know, we just talked about, you know, you mentioned sort of expanding the definition of experiential. So what are some of the conversations that your teams are having and how are you guys kind of staying motivated to uh, continue, even though we can't be in person as fully as we want to be right now? Yeah, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. This is, this has definitely been one of the most challenging or one of the most challenging things about this, these times. It's, it's just really hard to stay focused and energized and to feel kind of the creative um, possibilities when there's just so much uncertainty, but, you know, I, I really, you know, it, it, most people will know creativity really is born out of connection and just the ability to, to share ideas and get together. But I've been so incredibly proud of the team and the work that we've done over the last eight months. Cause I think we've really pivoted into some cool, more digital activations that we might not have otherwise considered. I think, um, you know, the, the, while, while there is, you know, a lot of, a lot of uncertainty and it's, it's hard to understand kind of what it is consumers want um, at this given moment. I think, again, like we kind of have to hold to our, our North Star guiding principles, like whatever we do has to feel authentic. It can't feel um, kind of fabricated to this moment um, in any way that feels inauthentic. You know, if, you know, there's been a lot of times where, um, you know, thinking about, oh, well, how do we make, how do we pivot this to virtual? And, you know, we would spend hours and hours and we'd kind of come up with an answer. But then at the end of the day, thinking about the consumer, is that what they really want right now? Um, is that what they need right now? Um, is that, is that driving, you know, our ultimate objective, which is viewership? Um, and sometimes the answer is no. So I think it's, it's, it's forced us to kind of reckon with, with some realities, but also I think 
um, you know, just given we're already planning, you know, two, three years out for our programming, you know, we're well underway of thinking like, what is, what do things look like kind of in a post COVID world? Um, and I, you know, I think, I think there is a lot of opportunity and, you know, just really excited to continue to work with, um, you know, talented showrunners, um, people that build just incredible worlds um, and thinking about ways that we can bring fans into them, whether it's, whether it is through experiential, whether it is through, um, you know, some type of emerging technology, but, you know, <clears throat> really thinking about how experiences or just like the word experience, um, how we can how we can change that definition. You know, thinking a lot about micro experiences. Um, you know, how can we use technology or things that are already around us to to create kind of personalized, unique that do give the same feeling of of of, of experiencing something collectively. So if that's using something through, um, you know, voice at in your home. Um, you know, we're, we're seeing that people are spending a lot more time talking to smart assistants, you know, what kind of experiences can we create around that? Um, what kind of experiences can we create, you know, within gaming, which we're seeing is no longer just a type of um, entertainment um, that solely gamers participate in. We're seeing it expand, you know, in all demos. So, you know, I, I think we're always looking to see where where consumers are and um like how we can show up there and i think an authentic but also innovative way mm. yeah something that you've been able to accomplish that you wouldn't have been able to outside of a pandemic so here you're talking a lot about sort of uh you know futuristic thinking and you know what what's something that i hate to say silver lining but just something that you guys have been proud to be able to accomplish you know um that you might not have been able to otherwise you know during this time you know, I think there's, this is a bit more of an internal thing, but, you know, I, I think ironically, our team has just become so much closer. Mm. You know, we're all living this shared experience together. And I think as a result, we're learning so much about one another, um, but really understanding empathy um, and how to show up for each other and be supportive of one another. Um, be more collaborative. I think this opportunity to, I don't want to say slow down because I, I only feel like we're busier these days. Um, it, it, it's really given us, um, I think, just the space to um, kind of create and think and, you know, just lead with a little bit more empathy. Um, just because as you know, things have, have definitely kind of shifted. Um, but you know, I think there are just other little things like, uh, like productivity feels higher. You know, we, our offices are out in Hudson Yards and I think we would spend probably 15 minutes at the beginning of each meeting, just waiting for people to trickle in because there's just <laughs> floors and elevators and people getting lost trying to find like where the next meeting is. So I think there's, there's just more focus and less distraction and, um, it, it's just been really nice to be able to, um, kind of bond with the team in ways that um, are more difficult to, you know, in kind of the normal world. Mm -hmm. um, a core tenet of an HBO experience that will never change, whether it's virtual or in person or hybrid. <laughs> you know, I, I think I get the core core. 
you know, if you're going to do it, do it really well or just don't do it at all. Mm. I think we, we've turned down a lot of good ideas and, you know, but I don't think we've ever said no to a great idea. Um, you know, we, we find a way to make it work. Um, cause really at the end of the day, we want our marketing to be a reflection of the programming. It's, you know, so premium at HBO and, um, yeah, that, I, I would say everything else boils down to that. Just mm. if you're going to do it, do it well or don't do it at all. And what's on your mind as we head into the final months of the year? Where am I going to spend this cold New York winter? Because <laughs> <laughs> I am getting I am getting a little tired of my kitchen table. Um, no, I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to to see, um, you know, a lot of what's coming up in the next couple of years, really excited about some programming we have in the pipeline. Um, you know, most notably will be the Game of Thrones prequel, the House of the Dragon. So my team is already working, furiously planning for what does 2021 look like? What does 2022 look like? So if even for a moment to kind of take ourselves out of this moment and think like really far into the future is, is um, <laughs> can be very therapeutic. <laughs> All right. And so as we close out today, you know, Stephen, we've talked about how it's been, you know, it's been a tough year. Um, parting words you'd like to share with our audience um, as they head into their final months of the year. Yeah, I would just say for anyone that works in events and experiential marketing, and we have, you know, incredible partners that uh, we work with. And, you know, I, I've seen and understand and empathize with the challenges, you know, of the last six to eight months. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm an optimist and I am a thousand percent certain that people will once again come together to celebrate, to revel, to be entertained, because I think we really need to fulfill our need for connection and we, we thrive on community. Um, I think we all miss it. I know I do. Um, and I really just can't wait for, for the ultimate comeback. Excellent. All right. With that, thank you, Stephen, for being here. Um, My pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you. And we hope you all enjoyed a good stretch and hopefully a walk. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another episode and another exec. Thank you. This has been an episode of Take a Walk with an Exec, the exclusive EMS podcast serving up candid perspectives from industry executives, no screen time required.